The conclave began with a solar eclipse. On the morning of May 18th, as the 118 cardinal electors were walking into St. Peter's Basilica to celebrate the votive mass pro Edehendo Papa together with church dignitaries, diplomats, and high-ranking representatives from politics and culture, the moon shifted in front of the sun. The light evaporated from the Eternal City and left nothing behind but leaden twilight. The Roman traffic came to a complete standstill. Through a black protective film, Romans, tourists, and pilgrims stared in silence at the skies. The cats from the Piazza Argentina holed up in the ruins of the sunken garden, and the birds in the parks fell silent. While a boys' choir opened the mask with a Gregorian chant, oppressive silence settled over the town outside. For a long and dark moment, the world stopped turning. The thousands of journalists from all over the world forgot about the papal election and directed their cameras at the heavens above, as if this soulless astronomical event were a sign of divine intervention, as if God himself wanted to make it very clear what he thought about this papal election. But the natural spectacle did not last long. After nineteen minutes, it ended with mechanical precision. The light returned to Rome, and with it the unwavering confidence of the Romans that their city would be eternal. The journalists lowered their cameras again, as if they were disappointed that God had not sent a media-friendly flood, and the people who crowded St. Peter's Square hoped for a new pope who would lead the church into the 21st century and into a better world. And many a person in the crowd might even have hoped that St. Malachi's prophecy would not come to pass, so that this conclave would not turn into the beginning of the end of the Catholic Church. In 1274, Pope Gregory X had regulated that the College of Cardinals had to seclude themselves con clodere until a new pope was elected. In order to be eligible to participate in the papal election, a cardinal had to be under the age of 80. Technically, according to canon law, any male Catholic could be elected pope, but this was just a theoretical possibility, as the election was limited to the sequestered cardinals. In today's world, the sequestering required enormous safety and security measures. There was not only the danger of a terror attack, it was also crucial to prevent any information about the papal election from leaking to the public. Under the command of Colonel Bueller, wiretapping specialists from the Italian police had searched the Sistine Chapel and the guesthouse, Domus Sancte Marte, for electronic bugs and highly sensitive microphones, under carpets, in the upholstery of chairs, in water pipes and light bulbs. The entire surrounding area was checked for laser microphones that could detect sound vibrations on windows and other smooth surfaces in objects as far away as 1,200 feet. During the conclave, there was a total ban on cell phone and computer use. So-called simony, the acceptance of bribes and election campaigning were also prohibited. In the guest house, as well as in the Sistine Chapel, Bueller had arranged for the installation of jammers, which made cell phone communication impossible. The greatest danger, however, and Bueller was aware of this, came from spies within the Vatican. Despite the fact that anyone spreading information about the procedures of the conclave to the public was threatened with excommunication, Bueller knew as well as any other Vatican insider that there were always security leaks. Besides, after last night's failed operation, they were on the highest alert. Specialist forces from various international secret service agencies were searching the Sistine Chapel and the surrounding buildings for mini-bombs. But neither the dogs nor the state-of-the-art explosives detectors made a sound. 
The American military had provided them with a novel device that used neutrons to detect even the smallest amounts of explosives in floors and walls, and then analyzed the results with gamma rays. But even after calibrating the devices for mercury, no alarms went off on any of the detectors. Camera 3, focus on Cardinal Kotonsky in the second row. What's wrong with him? Looks as if he has fallen asleep, Colonel Commandant, sir. Can you see whether he is breathing? One moment, please. Affirmative, Colonel. The Cardinal is breathing. Erzbüller was following the mass from the Sala Operativa of the Swiss Guard. From his chair in front of the wall of monitors, he had a clear view of the interior of the Basilica, St. Peter's Square, the Sistine Chapel, and the Guest House. Leone's liberation had turned him into a new man, energetic, motivated, determined, and fearless. Despite the lack of sleep during the last few nights, despite Rahel Zivi's death, Lieutenant Colonel Steiner noticed that Bueller now constantly wore his service weapon.